and uh, with Jerry and Fru, and he's working now, frankly. It's good to hear my voice, even though it's fairly scouse, we don't mind, do we? <laughs> but never mind. Yes, um, so, you know, last week we were learning, weren't we, um, about God's word and how we put it into action, you know, and the parable of the sower. And this week, you know, we move on to a, a story on the storm and the story of the demon-possessed man. But in these two stories, you know, what I wanted to teach you, what I was to learn today, what I've learned from this, is that Jesus cares. Now, I know that Jesus cares, but it's nice to just to dwell on that and to think about that in our lives. So I'm just going to pray. But before I pray, you know, it's like 10 seconds just to give you a chance to pray. That you ask the Lord yourself to speak to you. Not what I say, but see what God has to say to you. And then I'll be praying for us. Heavenly Father, once again, we just want to praise you. We just want to thank you for your goodness to us. And we thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have, Lord, that we can look into your word. And we just pray, Lord, that you bless us now. Help us, Lord, to hear your word, but then to truly be, truly blessed, Lord, to be doers of your word. So please just go before us now and help us to learn the truths of you, because we ask you for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be going through these two stories. And what's so great about these two stories is that we see the care of Jesus Christ, the true love that he has for every people. In the first story, where Jesus calms the storm, we're going to be looking at how Jesus cares for his disciples. Now, if you're a Christian this morning, that's what you are. Jesus cares for you. And some lessons here for us to get hold of this morning. Because, you know, just because you're a Christian... Just because you're a disciple of Jesus, don't think life is easy. Because that's not the way it works. If you come to Jesus for an easy life, I'm sorry, this story tells you that doesn't happen. What I love about this story, it's a bit like the Christian life, you know. You get in the boat with Jesus, you journey with Jesus, you meet plenty of storms with Jesus. But at the end of it, when he turns out and says, let's get over to the other side of the lake, one thing you know in the, in the Christian life, is this. You will get to the other side. Not because of ourselves, because Jesus has given us the victory, Annie. But that is the first point. But the second one will be about this demon-possessed man. Now, I've named it Loving the Unlovely. Now, before you kick off me saying, wait there, it's not nice to call someone unlovely, Paul. Let me finish it by the end to see who the unlovely are. So, I know I'm lovely, but so will you be in this as well. But we're going to begin with uh, the storm. And what can we learn from this? You know, it's a wonderful story. And it's a great story. And it begins, it says, One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and set out and they sailed. And he fell asleep. What a wonderful start to this story, isn't it? You know, Jesus says, Come on, all in the boat. We're going to the other side. Now, isn't it amazing? Wouldn't it be so good to be in the boat with Jesus? Well, let me tell you this. If you're a Christian this morning, you're in the boat with Jesus. And you're sailing on a journey. And everything's going well, isn't it? But then all of a sudden, Jesus has fell asleep, and a squall comes down to the lake, so that the boat was being swamped. And listen to what it says. And they were in great danger. 
Now listen, these people who were in the boat were hardened fishermen. So when they come to Jesus, let me tell you this, it must have been some storm because they'd been in storms before. For them to be afraid, it must have been a pretty tough storm. But the first lesson I want us to learn is this. Being in the boat with Jesus doesn't mean it's going to be plain sailing. We see that on this journey. Because, you know, when we become Christians or when we, or when we get into all the Christian work, we always have this idea, don't we, of what it's going to look like. But, you know, it doesn't work out that way. Because remember this, our ways are not God's ways. They never are. You know, when I became an assistant pastor and not a screen, Ah, they're all planned. This is how it's going to be. This is what's going to happen. Within a year, I realised it was not like that. <laughs> it was not like that. And let me tell you, in the nine years that I was there, it was storm after storm after storm. <laughs> but I thank Jesus that he was in the boat with me. And how much he We're going to get into that because the stuff that he learns. But you know, the first thing I want us to learn, though, is the reaction of the disciples. Because they're in that boat and everything is going well. They're with Jesus. Brilliant. And that's the same for us this morning, isn't it? But then, this storm comes along. But not just any storm. This is a good, it's a great storm. Because they are in great danger. The boat is being swamped. It is going down. So they get up. And they turn to Jesus. And they say, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Now, to really understand what they're saying here, you need to go to the book of Mark. And what they say there, in verse 24 of Mark 4, they say, don't you care? We're going to drown. And I wonder this morning, in our lives, when the Lord brings storms into our life, how do we react to Jesus? Or when storms come into our life? Because remember this, within this life that we have, we all have storms of life. Even non-Christians have storms. But for the Christian, storms do come in. But how do we react? Are we like the disciples that we say, don't you care, Jesus? Look, you're asleep. Where are you? Well, if you're like me, yes, that's what we're like. But you know, the greatest lesson here is this, is this. The very fact that Jesus is in the boat proves he cares. You know, for Jesus to be in the boat, he had to leave heaven. The very fact he's in the boat, he's on a journey, but that journey would take him to the cross to pay the very price for us to get into the boat. And I want us to get all of this this morning, because I know within this church, and for people at home, that everybody has problems in life. I know that. I know for Christians, there's some tough times for some people here. But here is the lesson this morning. Jesus cares. Because he's in the boat with you. Now Jesus just doesn't get in the boat when it's all plain sailing, you know. No, no, no. Jesus is not the best friend like that. Because that's what some best friends do. They'll get in the boat with you when it's going well. But when it gets tough, they get off. But not Jesus. He gets in the boat. And when the tough time comes, he stays in the boat. 
He doesn't say, well, I'm out of here, Paul, because this is too much for me. No. He says, I love you, Paul. I love you, each and every one within this church. And I'm in this boat with you. I wonder where you are this morning in your life. I wonder what storm is going on. I wonder if your reaction this morning is, where are you, Lord? I can't see you. Are you asleep? Well, listen. The very fact that Jesus is in your boat, remember this. It's because he loves you. You know, in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 to 39, listen to this what it says. This is what Paul says. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither right nor death, neither anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the truth is this, you know, this morning, if we have made Jesus ours, if he is our saviour, our king, our lord, whatever situation we're facing today, I know that we all have problems. That can't separate us from the love of God. And this is the reason why. Because Jesus cares. He's in the boat with you. Whatever the situation is, he's in that boat. He's going to help you. He's going to strengthen you. But more importantly, He's going to stay your own. He's going to stay your own, isn't he? Listen, I've been through a few storms lately. And I'm one thing that I've learned. My God, he's there with me. He really is. There's been a few times I've thought, don't you care? Don't be silly, Paul. Did I not leave heaven for you? Did I not die on a cross so you could be mine? Did I not rise again so one day you will and be with me? I'm in your boat. I'm in your life. But not just mine. For each and every person here, whatever the situation is. But also, you know, because Jesus cares, you know, he wants to teach us. He wants to show us who he is and who we can be. And we see in this story, you know, we're told here in a... As the disciples wake him, he gets up and he rebukes the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsides and all the water is calm. We see the power of Jesus. You know, he gets up and he just says, be still. And it's still. Well, do you know what? Before they did the journey, Jesus could have turned around and said, right, storm, you do not get in the way. And it would have happened. But he didn't. He allowed this storm to come in. But why? Well, it wasn't because he wanted to make this big show, you know. But listen to what the disciples say at the end of this. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water that they obey him. What happens here is, because they go through the storm, and because they see Jesus in his true greatness, they get to see Jesus for who he really is. Now, here's a question for each and every one of us this morning. Do you want to see Jesus? Really? Now, we'll all go, of course I do. And the Lord says, okay, Paul, I'm going to send a storm. So you really see me? And I think, well, wait there, Lord. <laughs> you know, I'm not too sure about that. But the truth is, if you really want to see Jesus in his greatness and his goodness, 
You have to go through the storms. It's what makes us what we are. Listen to what James says in chapter 1, verse 2 and 4. Consider it pure joy. Now, I bet they didn't consider pure joy at first. Afterwards they did, because they saw Jesus for who he really was. But consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many, of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. That is the point of the storms of life for the Christian. Firstly, we get to see the greatness of Christ. But listen to this. This is the second point. It what helps us to become more like Christ. That's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to become more and more like him. And if we're not willing to take up them storms, what we're saying is when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me daily, we're saying, I don't want that storm, Lord. That's not what Jesus is saying. He wants us to remember he's in the boat with us. And he wants us to, He also wants us to remember he loves us so much. He wants us to learn of him more and more and more. We do that through his word. But as we look at his word and we follow his word, let me tell you this, he will lead into some difficult situations. It really will. There'll be storms. But that's when we see Christ. But that's when Christ uses his people to become like Christ. But we're willing. Because, you know, we've seen there at the beginning in this story two things, how Jesus cares. He's in the boat. He wants to teach his people. He wants to show his people. He wants his people to become like him. But what is there? What does Jesus call them to do within this? Well, listen to what Jesus says. Where is your faith? What he's saying is, trust me. That's what he's saying, trust me. Not just when, you know, you've just seen me feeding so many people, I've just raised the dead. Trust me in every single situation. Because I am who I say I am. Remember what he said at the beginning of the journey. We're going to the other side of the lake. They may have been in great danger, but they were always going to make it to the other side. Here's that not the Christian life. We are in great danger at times. Now we face an enemy out there, and he wants to attack. And we face a world that does not love God. So if it does not love God, it does not love us if we belong to him. But remember this, Jesus is in the boat. He wants to see him, he wants us to become like him, and he wants us to remember this, especially when it's going to get tough. At the end of it, we're going to get to the other side. What a journey that is, isn't it? Do we not say praise the Lord for that this morning? Here's that not a God that cares. Because remember this, again, for Jesus to get in the boat, he had to leave heaven. And that leads us, you know, very nicely to the second part of our uh, second story of our uh, talk today, which is loving the unlovely. We've just seen Jesus there loving his disciples, caring for his disciples, teaching his disciples, and showing what it becomes to be one of his disciples. And now he comes across to this place. Now let me tell you this, this journey that he started on, 
He didn't just decide, well, we're going to go over there and that's it. He wants to meet this man. He really does. But we see here at the beginning of uh, Luke 8, verse 26, says, and I'll make it this way, wrong, but don't worry, I'm not the best of reasons, don't you worry. But anyway, it says, They sailed to the region of Gazenarines, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he met a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in, in a house, but he had lived in a tomb. And when Jesus saw him, he cried out and fell, fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want me, Jesus, son of the Most High? I beg you, don't torture me. Now listen, we get a wonderful, wonderful picture of what it looks like to love the unlovely. Now I want you to keep hold of that word unlovely. Because it looks like I'm sound, I'm having to go with people here who are unlovely. But we're going to find out at the end what the unlovely look like. But this man in particular, to Jesus he wasn't unlovely. But to everybody else he was. As we read there, he was chained up. Because you know, the people didn't love him. They just saw a man who was just, was just chained him up and put him out the way he's trouble. Now, I have to say this, you've got to remember this, only Jesus could help him. We've got to remember that. Only Jesus could help him. But I want you to keep holding that thought, because that'll be the second in a minute. But the point is this, nobody else cared for this man. All they wanted to do was chain him up. That's all he wanted to do. Get him out of the way, because he's trouble. But not to Jesus. To him, he wanted to love this man. And the lesson I want us to learn on this is this. Jesus meets the man where he's at. And the point I want to get across here is this. What about me and you this morning as Christian people? Do we want to do the work that Jesus does? Do we want to follow in the feet that Jesus does? Well, you know, to do that, we need to meet Jesus first and foremost where he's at. Then when we come through Jesus and he calls us to follow him, we need to go and meet people where they're at. And you know when he meets this man where he's at, what he does, he gets into this man's life. He's got lots of issues, he's got lots of things going on, but Jesus doesn't mind. Because he wants to get into this man's life for one reason and one reason only. He wants to help him. What about me and you this morning? Are we willing to be people where they're at? Because let me tell you this. Here's what the Christians do. They say, right, we're going to put some things on the church. And we're going to let the people come in and meet us where we're at. Jesus didn't work like that. He got out of the temple. He said, no, I'm going out to meet them where they're at. And when I get out and meet them, I don't care what they look like. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to take their issues on. How about me and you this morning? Are we willing to get out of our comfort zone? That we will get out and meet people where they're at. That we will get into their issues because it's not an easy place to be. And this is the reason why. Because Jesus cared. Like no one ever else did. Because no one else came for this man. No one has time for this man. But Jesus did. But there's people out there today that nobody cares for. And Jesus is saying to me and you this morning, well, do you care? I care for you. Do you care? 
Are you willing to go out and meet them where they're at? Or even in our ministries within the church? Whether it be the kids' work, the breakfast club, or whatever club we have here. Are we meeting the people where they're at? Are we a church to say, bring them in, give them the gospel, send them home? That's not the way Jesus works. Jesus says, meet them where they're at. Yes, give them the gospel, but you must also live the gospel as well. Because that's what you see in here. A man who cares for the unlovely. Do we care for the unlovely today? I was Christians at times. Now, I can't say I'm one of these because I wouldn't really call myself middle class. <laughs> but sometimes the church can be too middle class. That doesn't want to mix with the unlovely. But Jesus does. Now this man was a naked man. He was out of his mind. He was possessed with devils. Nobody cared for him. But Jesus was willing to cross the river to meet this man. How about me and you this morning? Are we willing to meet them where they are? But you know, in this story we see, because Jesus did that, this man gets healed. Because only Jesus can heal. But you know, as Christians, that's not a ghetto clause, you know, where you can say, well, you know, I'm not Jesus. Because, you know, Jesus can do this and do that. But I'm just me, I can't do that. Because, you know, because we are Jesus's, that means he has called us to a way that meet with people. And, you know, if you look at verse, listen to what it says here in verse 38, what the man, uh, Jesus says to the man. The man who had demons had gone out and begged to go with him. And Jesus sent him away. He said, return home and tell how much God has done for you. Now, I just want to get this point across to you first and foremost. How could Jesus meet this man's need? How could he heal him? Listen to what Jesus says. Return home and tell how much God has done for you. Because God was with him. Because God was with him. But hold an axe how Jesus was anointed and went about and met the need of people. Now we can have this excuse to say, well, I can't do that because I'm not Jesus. Well, just listen to this verse, what it says in John 15, 9. As the fathers loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. Do you hear that? As the fathers loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. What Jesus is saying is, do you know God, who's my father, now he's yours. Do you know God who used me to meet the need of people, now he's yours. There's no excuse. Our God can use us in lots and lots of ways. The question is, are we willing to continue in the love of Jesus? That's what Jesus does in this story. He meets the man at his need. And he loves him. And because of that, that man, he gets healed and he gets saved. Now, you've heard me say, I know I've gone quickly through this story because I've got the time to go right through, but that's all I can do. But you've, seen, you've heard me say this morning about the unlovely. Well, you know, I just want to finish off like this. Because who are the unlovely? And you know when I look out, and you look at me, you see the unlovely. 
Because there was only one lovely one. And that was Jesus Christ. But because he was come, willing to come into this world, he can make you lovely. He really can. And we see with this man, you know, he was in a terrible state. He was possessed. He was naked. He was wild. No one loved him, but Jesus did. But we see here, it says, when those tending the pigs and saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, listen to what it says, they found the man who a demon had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, Jesus' feet, dressed in his right hand, in his dressed and in his right mind. That's what Jesus did. His mind was right and he was dressed. But look at the reaction of the man. He says this, he goes on to say, The man from whom the demons have gone out begged to go with him, that's Jesus, and Jesus said to him, saying, Return home and tell how God has done, how much God has done for you. I just want to get this across here to finish off on. This man is so happy for what Jesus has done. He was out of his mind, now his mind is right. He was naked, now he is clothed. He was unlovely. But let me tell you this this morning, if you're a Christian. Once we were out of our mind, we didn't have a mind for Christ. Our mind was of the things of this world. Our mind was on our own selfish ways. But when Jesus came in, he gives us a mind for him. Secondly, this man was naked. Then he was found clothed. You know, before we knew Jesus, we were naked. Now we're, 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 we're dressed in robes of righteousness. Get hold of that. Now look what this man does. He is so happy. He is so joyful. He says to Jesus, I want to go with you. I want to be where you are. There's a question for us this morning. Have we lost our joy? Because we've lost our joy, I'll tell you why. We forgot what Jesus has done. We forgot what he's done. I'm thankful that this is next to me here. I say this every time I preach. But this is here for a reason. It reminds us of what Jesus has done for us. It reminds us. Maybe this morning we need to come back and remember what Jesus has done. Remember where we were before Jesus and what our lives were like and what Jesus has done. Remember that we were naked now we're dressed in robes of righteousness. Remember that we were on the, the, the broad way to destruction now we're on the narrow way to heaven to be with our God. And listen to what Jesus says to him. Return all and tell how much God has done for you. Have you ever thought what? If you're a Christian this morning, have you ever thought to yourself, what does Jesus want me to do? What is the answer? Listen to what Jesus says. Return home and tell how much God has done for you. Simple, really, isn't it? Just go out and tell people what I've done for you. That's what Jesus says. But there's two ways of doing that, you know. Firstly, it's with the mouth. To tell people what Jesus has done. And you know, when we say we've got a testimony, let me tell you this. Morning by morning is mercies. You know, Jesus, we've got testimonies every day what Jesus does for us. And we've been sharing them with those around us. 
but also, look at this man. Look how Jesus loved him. Do you know what he does? So the man went away and told all over how much Jesus had done for him. He went out and loved others. That's what Jesus tells us to do. Listen to this in Matthew 8, verse 10 to finish off. Freely you've received, freely give. If you're a Christian this morning, Jesus loved you freely. Jesus bought you freely. Jesus made you his freely. He's in your boat freely. He's with you in your storms freely. He's going to lead you home freely. And he's saying, follow my ways. Now as the fathers loved me, so I've loved you. Continue in my love. If you're not a Christian this morning, can I just say to you, maybe our old money this morning, why would you want to go through the storm without Jesus? How silly that would be. How silly would that would be. And I'm telling you that because I was a man who was told of Jesus at the age of 20 but waited till the age of 30. What a stupid thing to do. And I can say that because I'm 55 years of age now. I'm not going to hold it, but I'm 55. <laughs> but seriously, for 25 years I always think to myself, how stupid was I to not do that? So I would say to you this morning, please, come to Jesus who wants to get in your boat. He wants to love you. But to the Christian, if you're going through a storm, don't give up. Remember he's in your boat and learn of him. Amen. Um, finish off. I'll just finish off a bread and the uh, worship team come up here. Lord, once again, we just want to thank you for your care for us. And we see that care in our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just pray, Lord, that you help us to keep our eyes on you, the orphan finish of our faith.